God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. See if you remember seeing this. It was a Peanuts cartoon. Linus and Lucy are, they're sitting there in front of a TV when Lucy, she says to her brother Linus, go get me a glass of water. And Linus, he replies, why should I do anything for you? And Lucy, she promises her brother, on your 75th birthday, I'll bake you a cake. So Linus, he gets up and goes into the kitchen and says, well, life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. (laughs) Well, dear saints, thank God that at the end of each year, we have the birth of our Savior to look forward to. Each year, our world is more and more in need of the the need of Christ's coming. Life is tough without an indestructible hope. We most of all need hope when all the prospects for something better, they look the bleakest. There seems to be a shortage of hope in our world today. Our our media doesn't help with the focus that it puts on all of the bad news. Our TV, the radio stations, newspapers, social media, they make it easier for people to be pessimistic about their futures. And for us Christians, pessimism is a luxury that we cannot afford to have. But Christians of all people have every reason to be radiant with hope because we've been given a hope that is radiant and resilient and that nothing can destroy. A common saying is where there's life, there is hope. But the greatest book of hope Our scriptures, the gospels, our Bible, it suggests that the reverse of that is true. That where there's hope, there is life. The word hope was rarely in the pagan world in the time of Christ's coming. Hope was seen as little more than a wish, like, well, I hope it will rain tomorrow. Many people around us no longer hope for the best. Instead, they just hope that they can avoid the worst. And for the followers of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, well, it changed that. Jesus, he enabled his followers to be radiant with hope that only grew stronger in the face of hardships and persecution. 
the joyful certainty Christians attached to their hope of the resurrection and eternal life made their hope something other people began to desire. Now today's epistle reading, it reminds us that no matter how bleak and gloomy the, the world around us seems, our Bibles are filled with lots and lots of words of encouragement and joyful messages of hope. And in his word, Jesus encourages us to rejoice in your hope. Romans 12, 12. Why? Because you can overflow with joy because you have access to the greatest hope in the universe. God's word can fill you with a hope that survives everything. Everything. Misfortune. Pain. Loss. And it gives us a hope that thrives in the face of of gloomy forecasts about the future. Things that our so-called experts suggest. You see, the better we get to know our scriptures, the gospel, our Bibles, the better that we are able to see how God has so often intervened unexpectedly to give his people hope and Help just when all the odds seemed stacked up against them. Throughout the Bible, we see how God's faithful people continued to glow with hope when there there seemed to be no reason for hope. The The prophet Habakkuk, he gives us a good example of this. With words that have helped countless Christians ever since. Habakkuk, he says this, Though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive falls and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. You see, it is hope that people of all ages need from the scriptures more than anything else. From the beginning to the end, the scriptures, they're colored with an expectation of better things that are ahead of us. An expectation that grows stronger and stronger the more God's people they seem to suffer. The hope that the Bible gives was that it has withstood the test of all time and is a powerful. It is as powerful today as it has been ever. The hope tells us that, well, the best is still to come. For which the present is but a preparation for that time. Our Jesus, he came to fill the present with such meaning and purpose by enabling us to live in the light of eternity. St. Paul, he offers us these words of encouragement today. 
for this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is mere temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. We need all the encouragement that we can get. For example, Mark Twain, he reflected on comments like this and commenting on the rarity of words of encouragement given and received. He said, I can live for two months on just one compliment. (laughs) How true is that? A Christian school principal reflected on how to deal with a student who was constantly causing trouble in his classroom. This boy's background, well, it was difficult. And he had no motivation to study. He was called into the principal's office. And when he came in, the principal looked at his hands and said, you have good, thin hands. The hands of a surgeon. Nothing more was said. The boy was dismissed, but his behavior began to change. And he did become a skilled doctor. He was given a vision of hope for what he could become. Barnabas. Barnabas was a great example for us of encouraging Christians in the New Testament. He encouraged St. Paul and spoke highly of him to other people. He always had positive comments to make about others as he saw God's grace at work in the lives of his fellow Christians. He saw the potential in St. Mark when Paul rejected Mark and he worked wonders with Mark. God blessed the work of both Paul and Barnabas when they went their separate ways. You see, a climate of encouragement can raise morale. It can do the very same thing here in a congregation, in church communities. And it can contribute in a way of splendid growth. We must avoid being pessimistic about others. Instead, let's say to as many fellow church members as we can, I thank God for all the good work that you're doing for him behind the scenes. Because words of encouragement achieve what all the complaints and criticisms Criticisms in the world never can. Give words of encouragement either over the phone, in an email, in a text, 
or maybe even face to face. Words of encouragement have the power to bring out the best in others. See those people that God has placed in your life as his gifts to you for the growth that you can have in faith, hope, and love. As you thank God for those gifts, God opens your eyes to see more of their good qualities. How good is that? The God of hope who gives us hope for like no one else seems to be able to. He wants to fill you with a joy that keeps bouncing back and seeks to cheer those around you. Jesus, he said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. John 15, 11. Friends, in this pre-Christmas season, you can rejoice in God because God, he rejoices over you. As God's words declare, as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. This Advent season, let us be co-creators of each other's joy. Then we will, as our text wants us to, welcome one another, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. To welcome, it means to invite others into our lives, to share what God has given with you with each other. This time of year is a perfect time for us to practice hospitality with those that maybe you haven't done this with before. And in this practice of hospitality, our guests often bring us greater blessings than we can even give to them. Jesus, he says, if you were kind only to your friends, how different are you than anyone else? Even pagans do that. Look that up, Matthew 5, 47. A new church year gives us all a chance to treat people we rarely speak with the same warm, welcoming way our Lord Jesus treats us. In the light of eternity, anything that keeps us apart from one another needs to be gotten rid of as soon as possible. Forgiveness is God's barrier-breaking, future-opening gift to you so that you can leave the past behind and make a new start with God and neighbor in this new season of grace. Embrace these words. Embrace these words from your Lord that I know the plans that I have for you, he says. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. New hope. This hope is so sure and certain and already making its home inside of us that St. Paul can speak of it in past tense. For in this hope, we were saved, he says in Romans 8, 24. Faith and hope. Feed on and they strengthen one another. 
Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Hope, it fills us with confidence while faith keeps our expectations for the future that God has waiting for us, growing stronger and stronger. Friends, there can be no better way for me to conclude today than with the exhilarating blessing that is at the end of today's second reading. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace in your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your whole life and outlook may be radiant with hope. Life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. Where there is hope, there is life. Now may that give you peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. May it guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.